Good morning. How's everyone? What an awesome time watching baptisms. People take those next steps in their life. Um, today, uh, we continue and finalize, actually, our series called Heaven, Hell, and the End. If you haven't been here or if you're a guest, um, we don't normally talk about these topics like or devote uh, a lot of time to these topics. However, we find that it's important for people to have a full biblical understanding or perspective on what, what the Bible says on these things. So uh, we're talking about them. If you're a guest here, um, if you come next week, if you come in future weeks, you won't find that we're, uh, some of these messages can be very hard is what I'm trying to say. And you won't find that every single week it's like this. But um, people need to know, actually, it's a very intriguing time that we live in because uh, if you look, uh, Hollywood's making all kinds of movies about the apocalypse and you know, uh, the zombie apocalypse, and then there's the, prior to that was the vampire thing, and like, what is the end going to look like, and all that stuff, so we're talking about it here, so you came to the right place to hear about some of these things, Um, and the Bible has a lot to say, Jesus himself had a lot to say on these topics, I want to start with a story about something that happened to my son, Um, last week I talked about Jesus coming again, the Bible's very clear that there will be a second coming, And uh, uh, I wanted to share a story about something that happened to my son. He asked me not to name him, so I won't do that. But uh, he was at a summer camp. He was at a, sometimes I expose them accidentally before I ask them if I could share a story about their life. And I'm trying to get better at that. So um, anyway, he was at a summer camp and um, something just dynamic happened to him. He, he received prayer, and God, God just took over. And I don't know if you've ever seen anyone fall out in the spirit before, um, or anyone what, what is called sometimes called slain in the spirit before. But this happened to him. I, to my knowledge, it never happened to him in his life before that, before that time. And uh, he was just out. I mean, God was doing something in his life at that moment. And he was not out for five minutes he, he didn't give a courtesy fall, if you know what I mean. Like sometimes people fall just to make the person praying for them feel good about themselves. No, he was out. I mean, unconscious out for a period of time, like uh, at two hours or so. And it, it was incredible. And, and my philosophy is this. If you're going to go down, God's going to do something, right? We don't need to help God. God. God has a plan. God wants to do something. And so he was out. In, in fact, it was so significant that he had to be, uh, they, they shut down the, uh, um, I don't know if you'd call it a sanctuary, but it was sort of a, the building, the lights, everyone was leaving. They had to escort him back to his cabin. And um, even there, uh, he was still just under the power of God. God was doing something, speaking to him. But when he became conscious, this is what he said. Uh, this is not something I taught him. This is not something that he heard someone saying. This is something that um, he encountered when he was out in the spirit. He kept saying this, and I don't know how long he said it, but he didn't say it once. He said, he is coming. He is coming. He is coming. And God was revealing that to him while he was uh, through vision, whatever you want. I don't know what we call it, through a vision or, or whatever. But uh, he woke up with those words, and he kept saying them throughout the night. Um, very powerful and sobering statement to, to see a young person, um, you know, have that kind of encounter. And, uh, you know, God is, God is speaking about his imminent return. There's going to be a day that he comes back. And, and the real deal to me, why we're talking about this is that 
we the church should be ready. We the church should be ready, anticipating, expectant, not fearful, not, you know, not, uh, you know, back in the day when they would predict his return and all that stuff, which we don't, we don't know the day or the hour. The Bible says Jesus said that. We don't know the day or the hour. But what he did say is, is this. Uh, and I know it'll probably take me a second to find it. He said, so you must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So he said, there's a time I'm coming, and you, you know, you may pre- set up your timetables, have your predictions. There's books out there about the day of the Lord's return. Jesus was saying, don't, don't mind any of that. Just be ready. Just be ready. And, and so the point here is that we want to be a people that are ready, anticipating uh, the Lord's return, living passionately for him. And as I've sort of prepared for, over this last month, prepared for these messages, uh, one thing kept coming to mind for me, and that is the church. That is our church and the people of our church and, you know, the concept of being ready, uh, being ready for his return, expecting it, that we would be people filled with faith, in love with Jesus, passionate about him, uh, you know, uh, doing the work that he called us to do, uh, loving people in our world, you know, loving our enemies, caring about people, forgiving people, you know, and, and uh, having that passion stirred in our hearts. That, to me, has been uh, sort of a prominent thing. And as we look at scripture, this, this topic is very important because we begin to see, if you ever study end times, uh, end times, uh, biblical passages, you'll begin to see a a recurring theme. And I want to share with you one of them, uh, one of the key ones that you'll see in Matthew chapter 24, this recurring theme about what happens to people who call themselves Christians near the end. Matthew 24 verse 9 says this, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And Jesus Jesus talked about this in many ways. The... the, uh, you know, the apostles talked about this in many ways. As you read the scriptures, you begin to see that near the end, things don't get better for Christians. Many times they get more challenging. There's more opposition. You know, there's, there's more people that don't like uh, what we believe. And you begin to look at the news nowadays. You begin to see throughout the world that kind of stuff is happening more and more and more. And I began to think about our church. And what would it look like if opposition to our faith began to arise in our own nation? What if bosses started hating us? What if, what if we started losing our jobs because of our faith? What if things got, went from comfortable to uncomfortable? And no one, listen to me, it, this is not my favorite topic to talk about. I don't even like talking about this topic. But the reality is that um, if we're going to be ready, we need to look at the whole of Scripture, all of it, and say, what is the Bible saying to us today? And maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, my theology has me out of here before that happens. Well, I believe, I believe that you should look at the scriptures a little bit more clearly, okay? Because I believe that it's not always as easy as you think. 
a lot of, uh, uh, most of the apostles were killed for their faith. Most of the apostles faced great opposition. The early church faced great opposition. It wasn't good for them. And we think because we're in Western Christianity, the rest of the world is going through a mess as it relates to their faith. But in America, you know, we've got the, you know, the posh setup. We've got the nice house and everything's good for us. And we think, you know, uh, the Lord's going to take me before any persecution happens. I doubt that is true. I really do. And, and so um, whether I'm right and you're wrong or you're right and you're, I'm wrong, which I doubt that is true. Uh, Here's the deal. We do face opposition in life. So I believe that what I'm going to share over the next couple minutes is this. How do we respond when things are not going the way we want them to go? How do we live the kind of life that honors Jesus even when, uh, even when things get difficult? Even when we're challenged in our faith? Even when we don't like what's going on? You know, uh, uh, we don't like our job situation. We're not happy about it. We have no income, and we're wondering, how am I going to survive? Our health begins to fail. You know, uh, relationships are, are just all messed up. No one likes us anymore, you know? Um, and, and, I mean, you could even take it further. How do we respond, though? And Jesus spent a lot of time talking to his disciples about the storms of life. Jesus spent a lot of time trying to teach him that there's this thing called faith. You got you to gotta trust me even in the midst of your mess. That I will carry you through. And many times it doesn't look like the through part doesn't always look like what you anticipate it looking like. If you were to write the script on what the end would look like, you probably wouldn't write it the way God will bring, you, bring it to pass in your life. And so to me, I believe there's a truth here that Ultimately, trouble is ahead. Jesus even said this. In this world, you're going to have trouble. And so how do we, what is readiness to me? How do we respond to that kind of stuff? Because I believe that if we are people who are filled with faith, in love with Jesus, on fire for him, you know, um, you know pursuing him, loving his body, what does that look like to be ready and that is this, we're able to withstand the storms of life and not be shaken. That doesn't mean it doesn't mess with us. I'm saying you're able to keep going in the midst of storms of life. No one likes storms. I don't like the difficulty that, that life sometimes brings. But how can we get through that? How can we uh, allow our relationship to God, our dependence on God to carry us through that? So I want to share one verse. I'm going to be done in just a few minutes. I want to share one verse with you that I think will help us at least have some kind of hope in the midst of this depressing message that I'm bringing to you today. <laughs> James 1.12 says this. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. And so here's James. He's writing. You look at the writings of J the writing of James, the, the epistle of James. You look at what Peter wrote uh, to uh, the epistles of Peter, first and second. These guys were writing to people that were under severe persecution. 
I mean, they were scattered. They couldn't, they couldn't live in their houses anymore. The, the people in that day, the Christians in that day, they were scattered. They, were, they had to leave their hometown. In fact, we have, we have uh, religious refugees that go to this church. They may even be in the service today. People that were, were chased out of their homes, chased out of the country in order to survive. Many loved ones they, and friends, they lost. They died. And they were uh, you know, miraculously able to come to America and establish a new life. I mean, they know very well what that's like. And these are the kind of people that James was writing to. He was writing to people that, that uh, had great opposition. It wasn't choose and pick your faith and everything's good and people will respect you and honor you and, uh, you know, everything goes well. It wasn't like that. It was very challenging. And so what James tells us is this. I'll just take uh, just a couple minutes to talk about three things that we could get out of this one verse. He says that we can be blessed if we persevere under trials. And those words in the Greek carry this meaning or this idea of soldiers that are standing in position um, in the midst of great and fierce attack, that they're not moving. They're, you know, when everyone else runs, these soldiers will stand and fulfill their responsibility, persevering under trial. These, these soldiers will be there. They're not going to give in to fear. They're not going to flinch. They're not going to quit. They're not going to run away. They're not going to get mad at their general for putting them there. You know, They're not going to get bitter and start complaining. They're going to stand there and do what they were called to do. They don't look for a quick way out. And so when trouble comes, they stand firm and fulfill their responsibility. That's, that's the meaning of those, or it carries that idea uh, of those words, the one who perseveres under trial. And so how do we respond? I, I don't know. I view life like this. Either we're in a trial or we're not in a trial, but if we're not in a trial, we know some, something's coming in our life. And, and I mean, I could list them all off. You know, financial struggle, your kids are mad at you, your wife's mad at you, your dog's, you know, peeing on the rug, uh, you know, um, you lost your job, physically you're struggling, you lost a loved one. I mean, you can, you can go through the gamut of life, that's what life presents, these kind of things. And if we're not in one and dealing with one now, you can rest assured that there's a day one's coming. And sometimes people go through multiple struggles, trials at the same time. How do we respond in faith in the midst of that? Well, you know, we can turn to God. We can press in in prayer and, and, and ask him to carry us through. Or we could get bitter, right? You know, people get bitter at God. They get angry at God. They start waving their fist at God because uh, they don't deserve this. You know, they don't deserve going through these kind of trials and, and they get angry at God. We, we can lean on people in our lives to receive encouragement, mentors, friends, you know, people we have relationships with, or we could just complain. You know, we could spend our life complaining, bitter, complaining. Um, you know, we, we, can, we can learn to trust God. And I do believe that many times in the midst of going through what we go through, even though God doesn't do these things to us, there's something that we can get out of these things. You know, James says, 
Actually, Peter says that, you know, our faith can be refined as pure as gold as we go through these. James says early on in the chapter that I was just reading from that, that uh, we, establish per, uh, we establish patience. And with patience, maturity. And with that maturity, we grow in our faith. And so God is doing something. You've got to understand that. In the midst of your trial, God is doing something. In the end of the days, in the end, we're talking about heaven, hell, in the end. In the end, there is going to be great trial for the church. I really believe that. We read in that passage in Matthew that, that many will fall away. Many will fall away because of the opposition they're facing, facing in life. And I want you to be ready. Jesus was kind enough to say, here's what's going to happen. And if you know something's going to happen, you could be more ready for it than if it comes by surprise. But he said, you know what? It will, it, will be, it will surprise you to a degree because it's going to be like a thief in the night. You don't know the exact time. He went on to say, like, as in the days of, uh, of Noah, you know, they were partying, they're marrying, they're being given in marriage, they're living life, they're having a good time. Noah preached righteousness for 100 years. He was trying to warn them forever. Like, this guy persevered. To try and reach people, but they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to receive that warning. Let us be the kind of people that receive the warning to say, you know what? I am going to live my life fully surrendered, passionate, in love with Jesus. And when that day comes, I am going to be more ready than than if it shocked me that it caught me off guard. That's the message that we need to be ready. So, So we can take courage instead of giving in to fear. Uh, we can press into God instead of pulling away from God when those days come upon us, when, when that opposition, when those trials come upon us. We can be ready. We can be ready. We can be the kind of people that are ready for his coming. Now, this is what I've observed in life, and, and you probably can relate to this. I wish I had a lot of stories to share with you, but um, for the sake of time, I won't do that. God, God uh, carries us through or... Or uh, we face trials that God is involved in, in in two key different ways. One is that he, he uh, re- rescues us totally from them, meaning we don't even face them. And I could share story after story. One time when I was like 19 years old, I'm driving on 81 North. I hit this patch of ice. My car starts sliding sideways. I hit the, the, uh, the cement. It was sort of a bridge. I hit the cement. And, and I, I, I remember I came to a stop. And I... I I covered my head, and I just yelled, Jesus. I, 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 thought, I thought I was done. I thought I was done. I thought I was dead. And all of a sudden, this car just taps me slightly in the back. I mean, we're all going 55, 60. This car t- taps me slightly in the back. And, like, I'm still holding on. I'm just, Lord, save me. And nothing else happened. I, I believe he rescued me that day. He prevented, he delivered me from a trial, which could have been really bad. And some of you have faced those kind of trials, the results of accidents. Physically, your body is, is failing you and you're struggling. I remember one time I, had, uh, I, was, I was working for a company. I had to take a truck from the Syracuse area up to the Watertown area. I hit a, a patch of black ice. And I started, I was sliding sideways in that one. I should have rolled. I didn't roll. I recovered and just kept going on, shaking to death, man. I'm just like, I, I believe that God rescues us at times from trials. I believe, and you know what? At 19 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. I cannot tell you how many things 
that he rescued me from that I would have went through uh, if I didn't give my life to Jesus. He delivers us. He rescues us from trials. But there's also times that we go through them. And I believe that he, in those times, he protects us uh, in the midst of those. I I think of the, the three boys that went through the fiery furnace. You know, he protects us in the midst of our trials. You know, there was a guy, a witness to that. Um, a king sent Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace. And, and the, one of the guards says, or maybe it was the king that said, it looks like there's four people in there. It looks like there's a son of man in there. Because he was with them, protecting them through the fiery furnace. You might feel like you're in the fiery furnace today. And maybe you don't see that other person with you. But let me tell you, he is with you. He will protect you and carry you through your situation. So God is good. Uh, unfortunately, for our comfort's sake, James doesn't offer any like quick ideas as to how to get out of it. He doesn't, he doesn't like, he, here's what I learned. He doesn't give us that kind of stuff. Here's the way to get out of it in a second. It doesn't happen that way. Sometimes we need to go through. So we persevere. We hold on. We, we, it, it takes the ability to stand up and keep going and, and trusting God in the midst of it. Um, the second point is this. Very quickly, it says this. Uh, I'll read the verse again. It says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test. See, there's a day that you're going to be through this thing. You stood the test. Other translations say it like this. You've been approved. You passed. You've, you made it through. There's going to be a day. Every trial comes to an end, whether in this life or the next. There's going to be a day that you stood the test, that you made it through. And, and you know, again, it could, be, it could be job situation, financial situation, health situation. It could be relational. But there's going to be a day that will be over. Maybe you struggle with depression, suicide, maybe your pain is chronic every single day and it just feels like it'll never, ever go away. That test will end someday. I can't tell you when, but when, the Bible says that when you withstood the test. See, James is telling us, he wants us to know that um, standing strong in hard times brings us a reward that we will make it through, that we will pass the test, we will gain the prize. The process is not fun, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. But how will you respond as a Christian when you face opposition? I'm not, and let's just take it a step further, talking about the end. What if the people you love start turning on you? What if your nation no longer protects your religious beliefs? What if people try and harm you or your family? How will you stand? See, that is the part of being ready that we need to say, you know what, my life is given to Jesus. I am going to... I am going to live for him no matter what. That's part of being ready. Here's the final thought. Here's the promise that the Lord gives us. It says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now that sounds all great and dandy, doesn't it? Don't think crown like a king's crown. Think crown like uh, an Olympic victor's crown. Like, They used to have, back in the day, they used to have these woven wreaths that they would place on someone's head that would denote or uh, carry the idea that this person is the victor. They won, but they won through great perseverance. Do you know what an Olympic athlete has to go through to become a champion? 
I mean, even from a very young age, five, six, seven years old, they leave their family, they leave their homes, and they go and train 24-7. I mean, that is their life. And it carries the idea, this, this crown of life carries the idea that you persevered to the point that you run, that you've become a victor, that you've, that you've fulfilled and persevered through life. I, I know I'm talking to people that are struggling in life right now. I know I'm talking to people that, you know, you have a lot of questions that seem to go unanswered. That now, now that you're in the midst of your mess, that you have doubts, that you have concerns. And, and, and I'm telling you, listen, there is a promise that as you persevere in the trials of life, that God will bring victory. That there will be a celebration. That there's going to be hope restored. That there's going to be joy through your perseverance. And that God will demonstrate his goodness in your life. He will do this. He will do this. There's a hymn, probably the most famous hymn uh, our world has ever known. It's called Amazing Grace that has these kind of words. Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. It's grace that has brought me safe thus far. And grace will lead me home. You see, even, I don't know when that was written, but even in those days, people understood that, that Christianity, the Christian life, isn't always perfectly easy. It is not always, you know, it is not always how it's painted out to be sometimes. It is full of challenges. It's wrought with difficulties and tears and pains at times. But there's promises ahead for each one. So it teaches us these hard times that, we go through, these trials that we go through teaches us to depend on, depend on God. I mean, think about it. If life were so easy, why would we need God? Why would we need to cry out for his grace? Why would we need to cry out for, for his healing? Why would we need to cry? We wouldn't need God. We'd be self-dependent. We could do it on our own. But see, we go through life and God is there to bring us to victory. So here's the question. What kind of faith do we need in, in trying times? What kind of faith will we need if the end comes to the point where uh, there's great opposition, great difficulty? We need the kind of faith that cannot be shaken or destroyed by the trying times that we face. That's the kind of faith we need. And my prayer, my heart is that, you know what? That you hear the warning that you understand, and even in the midst of what you're going through today, that you understand that there's hope, there's victory. God will carry you through, that you need to persevere, and ultimately, you'll be blessed. We talked about the blessed life two months ago. This is part of the blessed life. You will be blessed if you understand that you can persevere. He'll bring you to victory. Amen? I hope this makes total sense to you. I see in these scriptures, sometimes it concerns me greatly because I think about people. I don't want our church, the people that I know, the people that are sitting to your right and to your left, to have this, you know, Jesus said this, at that time, many will turn away. Why? Because they can't face, they can't withstand, they can't continue on in the midst of their difficulty. They can't reconcile the fact that, uh, God would allow us or God wouldn't rescue us right away from our trials. Listen, he is there. He loves us. We sing that song. 
He is there in the midst of your mess. He's there in the midst of your storm. And here's the cool thing about it all. He's bigger than the storm. He's big, he can control the storm. And so we need to have our trust and our faith in him. And so as we conclude this series, heaven, the series, heaven, hell, in the end, I want you to understand the reality of heaven, the reality of hell, and the fact that there is an end coming. Joel prophesied, Peter affirmed that these are the last days. Does that strike fear in us? It shouldn't. It just means that we need to trust God all the more. And so that's my heart for you, that you would trust God all the more, that you would press in all the more, knowing that the days are short. And we need him more in our lives today than yesterday, more tomorrow than today. He's a good God, and he loves you, and he'll carry you through. I want to pray for you if you're in the midst of trial right now. And I want to invite everyone to stand to their feet. At the end of every service, we have people here that would love to minister to you, pray for you, prophesy over you, whatever you may need. But right now, maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, man, I don't know if I can face anymore. I'm in the midst of the greatest trial of my life, and I don't know if I can go on now. You're talking about many will fall away at the end. I'm I'm struggling right at this very moment. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God gives you strength to endure, and God carries you through in in this life to victory. Amen? Father, today, God, we, we look at your word. We understand the truth, the warning, the reality that there are days ahead that will be very challenging to us, to our lives, to our well-being, to our comfort, and to our faith. God, I pray for each person in this room, God, that, Lord, you will strengthen them in their faith. God, that you will draw them closer to you, that you will reveal your love to them in new ways. God, that they'll be closer to you than ever before that it won't be found of them or said of them that they've left their, they've left their first love, that their best days are in, in the past, their best days are behind them. But it will be found of them and said of them that they were closer to you than ever before, more passionate for you today than ever before in their lives, God. So stir something deep. Father, pre- prepare us as a church, Lord, to stand, to stand together to encourage one another, to love one another, and to believe for great things. And Father, for those who are going through great trial, great struggle right now at this very moment, I pray that you strengthen them, that you fill them with hope and faith and trust. God, and I pray that you deliver them, God, and you do it quickly, Lord. I pray that you set them free from their struggles, from whatever that might be, God. And I just give you praise, Lord. I pray that you bless your people, that your hand is upon their lives, God, that they know your goodness, they know your kindness, they know your nearness, and we give you praise for it, Lord. We love you so much in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. We love you.